I choose violence. 117, don't forget. Never forget. <laughs> Welcome to Game of Bones. It's good to be back. I'm, like, I'm already laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to say. What was I going to say? We just watched the trailer for the 100th time. And Phil, that was your uh, third time. Uh, second, I think. See, things are different now. Yeah. Phil's the founder. We, we've had you on the podcast before. Phil created winneriscoming.net. I did. It's just Hannah and myself today. Eric and Micah couldn't join us during this busy week, but we wanted to take this opportunity to have another very deep look into this trailer. There's still some, I felt like in our, we got to get excited about it and talk about the things that were exciting, but we've had time to step back and really look at what's going on and really think about what could actually be happening in the season. So I think it's going to be fun to actually get into the trailer instead of just screaming about it. <laughs> I'm not sure the exact name. But I'm sure you guys have seen the news. The Dragon Landing events have happened in four different cities. It is in Philadelphia, New York, Los Angeles. Where else was it? Did the Midwest get a dragon at all? <laughs> Poor Midwest. San Francisco. Those flyover states. Oh, yeah. See, those flyover states just well, he... the dragon just flew right over them. <laughs> Drove on across. Just... So the Blu-ray launched this week. It's just an exciting time right now. And I feel like, I don't know. It's just a good time to really be excited about the trailer. And Phil, we haven't spoken to you on the podcast since way back. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while, but it's good to be back. Are you excited? Was the trailer fun? I'm I'm excited. The trailer looks really cool. You know, it had all the usual Game of Thronesy stuff you want to see. Cersei being vindictive. People taking their clothes off. People taking their clothes <laughs> off. Tyrion looking worried. How do you feel about being unsullied now it's like a new feeling because you're not intercepting the the news reports coming in from overseas either yeah no 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 uh i'm just kind of like a regular fan now and i just get to sit back and see the trailer and be like wow that's cool i had no idea that was coming or that character was going to be in this season so it is kind of nice last season was like I, i went in like almost totally Blind. You know, fresh. Yeah. I mean, apart from reading the books. Yeah, of course. But, <laughs> you know, there were enough changes in the season that, that I, you know, I didn't have any idea was what was coming in those mm-hmm. particular instances. Because I really didn't, I like watched like the first trailer that came out and maybe like one of the other ones, but I didn't watch all of them. I didn't like really follow all the promo videos that came out and all that other stuff. And I definitely didn't like read up too much on the set reports. Cause I was like, I want to go into this season, like as fresh as possible. So last season felt like super fresh and really, I really enjoyed it. I feel, really felt engaged by it. So there was like a noticeable level of difference. Yeah. Not, yeah. There yeah. was, I mean, it was cool before knowing like a lot of insider stuff, but um, being able to do, do it this way for the first time, even though it was season five and it was, it was pretty, pretty nice so i'm looking forward to season six again and kind of doing the same kind of thing and going going in a little bit unexpectedly we're sorry we made you mm-hmm. watch the trailer yeah again. <laughs> yeah you totally ruined it but even but i kind no. of feel that way as a book reader as someone who read the books i feel like this is the first season going into i think we all feel this way that we don't know exactly what's going to happen and so i'm not necessarily afraid they're going to mess everything up i guess if i can admit that that is and a so... weird feeling there is nothing to sort of get wrong right that we know of yet yeah, and so I feel like I can just be super excited 100% of the time because I'm not worried about, well, you know, I hope they don't cut this scene or I hope they don't, you know, mess up this scene or why isn't this character here? Above? And I think that there's a little bit of that that we're seeing with, with season six. But I think that for the most part, it gives all of us an opportunity to kind of go into it in a clean slate. And that's pretty fun. They could yeah. totally get the Tower of Joy wrong, though, and that would be upsetting. Yeah, yeah. they totally could. The six people in the don't. trailer, it's like, where's the seventh guy? I know. <laughs> Focus on the positive. And another good thing about the season, I don't know if you guys covered this news on Game of Thrones yet, but they're not sending any screeners out yeah. this year because of the yeah. leak last year. And that was another thing. Like, I tried to stay away from the leak stuff as much as possible, but... I think I did get spoiled on a, on a <laughs> few things. Couldn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't like purposely, but just yeah. like on Twitter yeah. or just mm-hmm. reading online. We've talked about the approach that HBO seems to be taking this year with the season. And I think that all of it could be 
sort of reflected by the decision to not send out screeners that just fits in with the branding campaign leading into season six the 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 lay of the trailer the the mysterious aspect of all the promotion and the fact that interviewers aren't going to be able to sort of you know give their give their take beforehand and, and give the thumbs up whether or not the season's good or the opening's good or not like you remember how they always did before and, and we both got screeners in the past as well you know how like the it just feels different when when some people have access and they yeah. give the opinion beforehand. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not, that isn't even going to exist this year. And the the trailer only just launched. Yeah, like literally everyone, except you know if you worked on the show or whatever, but everyone else is going to be going into this season pretty much like you know first episode. You know the premiere is going to come and everyone's going to be watching it for the first time, more or less at the same time. So that'll be kind of cool. And and I definitely agree that it seems like HBO's been very, you know, calculated in the amount of material they're releasing and kind of keeping everything back a little bit more this season than they have in past seasons. It just has a different feel to it. I feel like it, the whole of Faces yeah. perfectly reflects the approach. Yeah, and I, and I wonder if, if it is due to the fact that they're passing the books in a pretty major way this season i think that's a good opportunity yeah i mean you don't want to like before it was kind of like you knew like a large part maybe not a large large part but a good sizable chunk i guess of your audience kind of already knew it was coming anyway so you could give them little glimpses of stuff we could have been mysterious season one on Mm-hmm. But instead, why not save a lot of that mystique for the moments when the show actually will pass the book series and there's actual material, unlike episodic series that are released every year. Like, say when a new season of Mad Men comes out, I think the writers are very confident that there's not another resource that they can go to and even theorize, like Hannah, like the Lost People used to. Like, you could you could almost guess and lay out, like, due to the rules set up in these seasons, this is what is coming next. You can't necessarily... Yeah do that on a show like Mad Men or even Game of Thrones because there's so many variables. Yeah. So this year it is passing the book series in a lot of ways. And uh, I, I, I think that's, that's, that's so interesting. Something I've seen a lot or a decent amount on Twitter and other places are people who weren't planning on watching this season have just got caught up in this excitement of when a trailer drops or all the speculation before, because this is the real first look that we've really gotten at new stuff that's going on in, in, in season six. And I think that the mystique behind all of it, I guess you could say, has gotten people who, when it was first figured out, I guess you could say that mm-hmm. the next book wasn't going to come out. But I, I've seen some people kind of get caught up in, in what's been going on and are too excited to sit this out because it's just been really exciting. And the trailer like broke a record for the amount of it views did. it got in the yeah. first 24 hours or whatever it was. I mean, Davos, Davos Seaworth was in New York City last night on a stage introducing a featurette from the Blu-ray set, you know? And there are, yeah, and there are crowds. There's just yeah. like, it's a rock concert. Like <laughs> yeah. Puff Daddy's out on stage throwing out iPad pros to people. Like that's <laughs> basically what it looked like. And it's so yeah. fun. I was in Walmart the other day and in the front was a display for Game of Thrones season five. And I'm just... I almost can't believe the hysteria and the scale of uh, the excitement for this show about uh, fantasy, you know, this fantasy series. It's, I mean, think about when we first started talking, Phil, and when we were like all those years ago, like we should, we should partner up our little website and our little podcast and maybe together we can talk about Game of Thrones and A Song of Ice and Fire and have more fun as a team. And then, you know, look, I don't know. It's just a totally different world now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gotten so big. It's crazy to think about. Like, you kind of just take it for granted, I guess, now. You don't even really think it's so cool. You're like, yeah, yeah, it won the Emmy. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. All the Emmys. Yeah, all the Emmys. <laughs> and, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, breaking records, trailers. Like, it's just kind of taken for granted now. You get like, used to it. You get used to how popular it is and how it's just invaded pop culture. But, like, it would be mind-blowing if, you know, you went back, like, you know, six years ago or however many years ago before season one started airing and you're like, yeah, George R. R. Martin's going to be on Conan as a regular guest, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, all these actors in game of Thrones are going to be like super famous, you know, Sophie Turner and Mason Williams are going to have like millions of followers on Twitter. And yeah, and she's going to be an X-Men. It's just like, it just blew up so big. And, you know, looking back on 
where we were then and we were just hoping that it would like be good and hoping that not get canceled enough people would watch it that hbo would be like all right we'll keep it going you know even if it's just like a stupid stupid little show that you know a few hardcore fans are into but you know doesn't really get much acclaim outside of outside of that group but no it's like a huge show like tons of people watch it it gets a lot of critical acclaim and awards and everything else so it's it's pretty amazing the community that's been involved with the website and the show has in the nature of of game of thrones in itself where the, the scale has grown but the essence like the attention to detail that david and dan have put into it from the beginning hasn't really changed and i feel like they they haven't and i think season five was a pretty good qualifier for that bit into the fervor and tried to channel it into the mainstream. Like I feel like the community has pretty much remained the same since the beginning, mm-hmm. just in its unforgiving nature, always expecting the best. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, I think, like especially the the community at like Watchers at the Wall, it it feels like what I started with Winter's Coming back in the day, and it feels like a close knit group of you know fans that are just like still obsessing over everything Game of Thrones. And they just want like as much information as possible every, you know, 24 seven. And, you know, they just love the show. So it's really cool to see that that, that core group and that passion and excitement is still there and growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's still growing too. And also makes it fun because I think, you know, everyone would still be here even if the show didn't do as well as it's done. And so it's, that just is kind of the cherry on top that we get to, mm-hmm be wrapped up in this we'd be here anyway nerding out about mm. it regardless yeah. but the fact that we get to do it together and with so many people I, we say this all the time but it just enhances the experience so much i was afraid that it was going to be pulled out from under us when fansided came in a few years ago i was just like i know that the scale of the audience is growing so much how do we continue to do what we've done and to grow that kind of community where we can't technically grow that anymore like how do we like yeah. can we can it be successfully moved to another place and that's something that we all kind of put our heads together on and I, i'm not sure how it all worked out this way but i'm really glad that it did because yeah yeah i mean it, i think you know the decision by i mean i was kind of already out of the picture at that point because i had like kind of stepped down you know we should just talk <laughs> <laughs> we haven't spoken about this uh, we haven't really, really publicly I mean, or on the we definitely haven't spoken publicly we've talked i remember we had a lot of conversations during the tumultuous period and then you know everything kind of happened and then i feel like winter so, came to winter's coming yeah, we're like yeah. the snow is it falling very, in king's landing it's hard to it walk was very it was very game of thrones the way it went down i guess <laughs> from what i could gather oh, like i said I, I was already out of the picture but like from my point of view it was like you know, I felt like I was leaving the site in good hands with you and, and, you know, and Sue and, and I mean, all the, all the, everyone else was still there. Yeah. You asked me to take over and it was like, it just, it just made sense. And, you know, when I had talked with the fan sided guys, they were basically like, yeah, you know, we love the site the way it is. We want it to just keep going. The I way remember it that. Is. Yeah. So I was like, cool. And they were like fully on board with you taking over. And I was like, great. You know, Somebody that's been there and knows the community is taking over. And I just, you know. You're still going to be there. It's just not going to be a, a daily task for you. Yeah. And I, yeah, exactly. Things. And I was I was still there to kind of help out or, or whatever. And I felt like, you know, it was, we left it in, in a pretty good place. But I guess, um, I mean, you could probably speak to more like kind of what happened. But I guess Fansided had more ideas, directions they wanted to go with the site that didn't really quite align with what you guys kind of wanted to do. That's what it felt like at first. I thought that, you know, everything was going to be the way it had always been. And that's why I agreed to do it in the first place was I just, I knew that I wanted to help make sure that the community game of owns the podcast that I really love producing with my friends. And we loved interacting with the community um, on winners coming. And we wanted to keep it that way. And we wanted to keep uh, our community outside of winners coming growing as well like we wanted to i just you know what i mean you and i built and, and the entire team built a ship that really worked and we were having a yeah. lot of fun and the, the seasons were going really well 
and uh, the off seasons were going really well, and the read throughs were fun, and the WIC team would come on the podcast, and we just, you know, it was fun. We had a good stretch there. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a good thing, and you know, I figured it would just continue, you know, with even without me in the picture, but right. you know, maybe just to the sideline a little bit, and you know, it didn't quite work out the way I thought, but it actually, I think it worked out for the better, to be honest, because you know they they can kind of do their own thing now if they want to you know whatever kind of content they want to put out they're like free to to do do it now and you know what you know sue and oz and you and all the rest of you guys have with watchers at the wall like i said is kind of like what i felt like i had you know started at at winter's coming and just the spirit of the site kind of moved moved to that you know that that community moved over and and so, you know, in the end, I think yep. it still worked out. We were afraid that it wouldn't happen in the way that it did. And yeah. it's... Well, it's hard to move like that. <laughs> you, you you know, it's hard to move a whole community like that. There's a lot of technical stuff involved with that as well. That's just yeah, in the AdWords and the sure. ranking of how of how yeah. WIC grew into, you know, something well, it's that... Well, it's a testament to the, fans. To the hard work of... Of, and, well, and it's a testament the to the fans and the hard work of the staff. Yeah, I mean they've like continued to like get scoops on everything. So people are going to go to where the, where the where the real source of the content is coming from, and and I think they provide that there. So that's been one of the best parts of of seeing this all happen uh, after things started to change because it was you know for a while the stasis was 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 you know comfortable i was like well this is how it's going to be it's just it's just different paperwork on the back end and mm-hmm. there's now sort of a bottom line involved but that that quickly changed and a lot of things happened i mean i think now it's it's fine like they seem happy with it and i mean to be honest i still follow them on twitter and i still read the articles from time to time if it's something yeah. interesting it's not like i'm like I hate this, hate them or yeah. hate the site or anything. No, there's no point. It's all, I think all, everything is good. Yeah. And, and I think the people there at WIC are just doing, doing the best job they can to put the content out. I'm, I'm glad that they're, they're still going and the name still lives on in some form or another. But yeah, I mean, the people, the people that are writing there now seem, as far as I can tell, seem like good people and people that enjoy the show. So I agree to take over because I just wanted to help. Like I said, make, yeah. sh- make sure that the podcast and the community was in a place where it would continue to to develop in the way that it had been. Yeah, it was kind of a, it was a firestorm there for a while. Yeah, because it was season time; it wasn't time to shake it up. I, you I know, and, and trying to weather the storm for the season was a good was a good decision. And I know it was probably a tough one, but I think it worked out better in the end because there wasn't that upheaval right in the middle of the season. So people could still keep going to the site, keep reading the normal content that they expected. And if there was any question in any of our minds, whether it's commenter, lurker, writer, podcaster at all, I feel like we're all in the same playing field as far as members of, of this just group of people that are just in love with the story that George R. R. Martin wrote. And now the, uh, the awesome place in the world that David and Dan and HBO have given it. It's just it feels good now knowing that the passion is is what drives all of it forward. And I yeah. think I would like to think that it's a big reason why Game of Thrones has been so successful. I, th- I mean, I think the the passion of the fans definitely is contagious. And, you know, it started pretty small, you know, mostly probably book readers watching the show. But, you know, it just continued to grow like through word of mouth more than anything. And that's a testament to the fans. I just realized that we're making... Uh, we're making a podcast right now about Game of Thrones. <laughs> this is a good. This is good stuff, man. Got a little sidetrack. I'm just here, like this is so interesting. Yeah, yeah. Insider information. I've been just having a conversation with my friend Phil, and then yeah. yeah. Are there people listening to this? Mm. I, I didn't think so. No. Season six is about to happen. We have a few seasons left. We have a few books left, and it is just a. Uh, it's honestly an honor and a real pleasure to be uh, just enjoying this alongside everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it's just exciting to be able to theorize for the first time as a whole community instead of quietly by myself. Is this a spoiler? Is this not a spoiler? To be able to kind of talk yeah. about everything openly is so new. And I even 
I texted Zach the other day. I was like, did you read this in the book? Like, can I talk about this? <laughs> oh, because yeah. Because you just like... The knives. Yeah, it's just so new to be able to be so open about what's what's going to happen. I think it's fun. Phil, the epilogue, or, or even Hannah, we haven't spoken about it loud, the epilogue of A Dance of Dragons. Come on. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Are you talking on. about that one? The I, dude, one I'm sullied now. I'm su- sullied now. You're fully sullied? Yeah. Oh. There's that shot <laughs> at one one eighteen. if anyone's interested. Yes. That may be from, that epilogue, from the epilogue, which is really exciting. Yeah. It's not spooky enough. It's not. It's also like if you know. blink, you miss it. I, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like it might not be it. They can't. But I can see I can see people thinking that it could be, but I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe we're willing it into existence. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to just be like, you know, a bunch of kids like... Pale Eating faces, dark eyes. At a table or something. Remember how aggressively spooky <laughs> hard home was like executed, really... though? Yeah. I feel like that just that scene, if there, if it's going to happen, it's going to be chilling. And I don't think it's going to be in a trailer. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like something that they wouldn't want to put in the trailer. Just, I don't know. But if we want to talk, like, uh, talk about specific scenes... Like the Tower of Joy stuff, mm-hmm. it looks good, but it's not at all how I pictured it. How'd you picture it? Well, I don't in, know why. In the ghost always, spirit world, I always right? pictured it a lot more like atmospheric, hmm. mm-hmm. kind of like set at night, or like if not at night, at least like low light. Hmm. Like it's like the middle of the day in 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 the trailer, and it just kind of looks not quite how I imagined it. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, it'll still be good. How'd you feel about that Targaryen crested armor? Yeah, and I wasn't yeah. sure what that was all about either. But we'll wait and see what the explanation is, or maybe there won't be one. And then we'll just have to deal with it. Come up with one. I'm still dealing with the Kingsguard not being an all white. Yeah, they, didn't they say they tried that and it was just like too much? It was like blinding them. Yeah, I feel like that they they tried that. They also tried like the purple contacts right. for Daenerys. And it just wasn't working. Like some of that more outlandish stuff wasn't working. There's stuff that sounds cool when you read it, but may not. You can't. Ex- you can't execute it right. Yeah. I'd rather them make it look cool on screen than, at least yeah. for stuff like that, than make it look yeah. kitschy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I do feel like for a scene like Tower of the Joy, though, it it would have been nice to have something a little more atmospheric, a little more not quite as like gritty. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the rest of the show is shot, like, very gritty and dirty and Real. isn't really quite as colorful as described in the books. Yeah, the concept art. I Could you imagine if, if that was our throne room? The real twisted yeah. throne? That's yeah. unbelievable. And I know that that Crazy. would have been difficult to execute in season one, but for the love of God, I just feel yeah. like... The scale of these rooms, and I think of Dragon... We talk about it on the podcast all the time. I'm obsessed with it. But just think about Dragonstone and how mythic it truly is. And the fact that's, that that is where Stannis is. And he that's where he that's his jumping off point. And all the stuff that's that's happening there after the fact um, as the fifth book is sort of winding down. It's just... I don't know. It's so cool. And I know it's got to be hard for the show to capture that. But I think the for the lack of that, there's a lot of things that are executed really, really wonderfully. Even more so than it could have been told in the books. I'm thinking specifically of, and I go back to this a lot, but do you remember the sequence in 4-1, Two Swords, when Ramsey was chasing um, the girls with the dogs? Mm-hmm. And just that forest scene was just so beautiful. Just so beautiful. And I thought... Yeah. This, mm-hmm. this, in this case, I feel like it's it's exceeding the book's imagery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I felt the same way in that episode with uh, the hound fighting the guys in the the tavern as well. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, there's there's definitely certain scenes, certain locations that that definitely meet meet the book, you know, match the book's kind of depiction, if not exceeds it. Bravos, the Titan was big, very big. Yeah, that one's nice. I think the like the Hall of Faces in the House of Black and I mean the House of Black and White and the Hall of Faces is is actually really well done. Maybe yeah. a little too darkly. <laughs> I knew you say that. <laughs> well, actually, my, my, I I can see it pretty well on my TV when I'm watching the show. But if I'm like watching a trailer or something on my computer, I guess I usually have the screen brightness turned down a little more. And so then I'm always like, wait, I just like turn. <laughs> Why is the screen black? The <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, was that a, the, the, this re- empty frame they just inserted into the trailer? <laughs> what is it? I'm mean? excited to see the Tower of Joy. 
And can we just talk about the fact that that this will be in the show? Yeah. Utilized through, I mean, we can guess, like one of Brand's visions. With this being in the show, I think for the sake of our conversation now and, and for everyone listening, we have to understand that Jon Snow's future and past are important for a reason because it's going to be in the show. Yeah, yeah this scene's to yeah. joy after you think about it a little bit. Does it really matter? Do we need to see this and do we need to learn about who his parentage is and, and who he is if he doesn't come back to life? Yeah, that's true. How, how is he going to be out of the show if, if they're just now going to start showing the Tower of Joy and other things pertaining to his backstory? Mm-hmm. So Especially, I mean, there's just so much to then, cover. And then be like, oh, and by the way, you know, he actually had a really <laughs> right cool and complicated backstory. It's a real yeah. shame that he's actually dead. <laughs> this is who could Too have been alive in season six. Yeah. yeah. I just don't yeah. know if they would Maybe. spend the time. What is the significance of the Tower of Joy without Jon Snow and vice versa moving forward? Right. Unless the baby was Ollie cool. the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so Ghost Kills Ollie 2016. That's in Hannah's yeah, notes. So <laughs> my new theory is that Ghost Kills Ollie. So I made a hashtag, hashtag Ghost Kills Ollie 2K16, <laughs> if anybody wants to start spreading that. <laughs> but we see, I, there, I mean, there's a couple scenes where we see Ghost and we see early on the trailer, we see Thorne and company trying to break the door down and get to John. And then we see Davos and his whole cool line mm-hmm. trying to protect john yeah. and so my theory is that as soon as davos goes to start fighting everyone he's gonna let ghost out and ghost is just gonna nail ollie 2016 and kill him <laughs> he's gonna go right for ollie. <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow that's pretty so that's my- <laughs> in the trailer john's body is you know it's a substantial part of the trailer yeah they show it like three or four times a lot of people have died in the show and that has not been the case for them. And yeah. I, I, I've got to think that this is not for the first time, but I know that in pop culture, there's been a lot of, I don't want to say naysaying, but kind of eye rolling at, at, at programs for, I don't want to say following the game of Thrones model because it's definitely been a thing in, in, in stories, characters dying. But I think just due to the nature of, of entertainment reporting, there's been a lot of, uh, credit given to game of thrones for sort of sensationalizing like if you talk to someone who's not a huge fan they'll be like people die in that show all the time right yeah Yeah. that's like their thing i don't think there's much of a reason to go eye rolly because if we would have left it at just the the giant poster of john being bloody and kind of dead then that's one thing if we would have left it at the hall of faces his face being included with the dead that'd be another thing but the fact that his body is so pictured in this trailer that wasn't casually dropped but that was really hyped and led into it, the mystery to me doesn't feel if Jon Snow is dead or alive the mystery to me feels what will happen to Jon Snow and what ends up happening to Jon Snow I think will have a, a a larger part on the series as a whole not just the fate of this one character that you like yeah it all seems to be pointing that that way both in the story and like you said just like the promotional materials that they've let out I don't foresee it being in the first episode so I'm interested to see well, that's going to be handled in the beginning, and and maybe maybe we'll see it right away. But I just feel like it's something that isn't going to be dropped in our laps right away. So it'll be interesting to see the lead up to to that and and how it's done. Whether it's him working into Ghost is a theory, or whether it's Melisandre resurrecting him, um, or whatever else is out there. I think it's going to be interesting to see when when they decide to let that happen. Yeah, they want to get you want to give it at least a an episode maybe two where people are starting to doubt you know not us if it's episode 10 though i swear (laughs) if it's yeah not even nine is he really dead it's gonna be episode eight the new episode nine we were wrong all along (laughs) yeah i think they'll probably give it a couple episodes and then you know some people might be like oh maybe he's really dead can i tell you guys a really bad theory that i have that's bad yes Yes, we were gonna talk about before we started the podcast, and you were, Hannah was trying to get me to tell her just in case it was too bad to put on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be that bad. Let's hear it. All right, so you know how I think it was you who mentioned it, it could Arya could be warging instead of just blind in that shot in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if Arya is heading west at some point, let's say that 
the connection she shared with John that's been so important in the book series and so mentioned in the television series as well. What if by nature of the kind of person that she's becoming and training to be, she's able to become Jon Snow because <laughs> he's dead. She into Jon Snow. She no, what if she, take, what if she takes Jon's face? Oh. Uh, but wait, when, don't they have to like cut the face off? I don't see. I'm not sure about that because um, Jack and Hagar wasn't he able to use other faces in Harrenhal? Uh, and what if? Yeah, that's he bo- could. But, I like they never really fully explained like the whole exactly behind how faceless like how it works. They explain but where they're from, my, but not how it works. My theory behind that is the face has to be cut off, hung in the Hall of Faces. And, like, as a faceless man, you have to, like, equip that face, right? So you have to, like, go to the hall and, like, Hearthstone acquire back. it somehow. Yeah. And then, and then, <laughs> what once if she Hearthstone's back? <laughs> and then, so once you back. have the face, right? Like, once it's in the hall, and then, like, you yeah. go into the hall and you, like, acquire it through some mythical means, right? Then you can always call it up whenever you want. So that's my theory. So then, like, Jockin would have, like, you know, a bunch, dozens of faces that he could, like, pull up at any time because he's been to the hall a bunch of times and gotten them all. Yeah. Whereas Arya would only have the one or two that she's used so far. So it's a bad theory is what you're saying. I don't know. I mean, that's just that uh, it could, it could be, I'm totally wrong. Hannah, you hate it. That's kind of how I always explained the faceless men's, you know, shape shifting abilities. Can you imagine if this is this is the Stark reunion that we've been waiting for, and it's like Arya coming, getting Jon's face? I mean, that's like <laughs> I just feel like it would make the Hall of Faces have been such a big part of promotion. I feel like it's been in our face, no pun intended, this entire time. What if that ends up mm. just like making sense of it all? Well, I think, honestly, I mean, Arya, I feel like Arya and Jon are going to run into each other at some point down the line. Mm-hmm. Really but hard. I wonder surgically. If, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if she will actually be like if you'll even know it's her. Like if they'll recognize each other. Be... I was just gonna say nothing's off the table. So yeah. if you want to run with that, I say run with it because everything <laughs> is fair game. I don't know. With all the promotion and with the mysteries of these men. Uh, being you know especially after just finishing the series being so important which i'm sure it's going to be in the future of the next two books don't the mysteries end up making some some clutch involvement in the stuff that we care about that's more character based in some way like the maesters slowly moving in and affecting people and the fact that Arya is there is kind of enough right but like at at what point Mm -hmm. does Arya's involvement with the faceless assassins start affecting her family or the rest of the the story not just out east and i don't know well, I think she's probably going to be like sent to kill somebody, like either John or Sansa or something like that. Like, I think that's how it's, she's going to get pulled back into the story, and it's going to be a test of is she really a Stark still, or is she now like completely changed into just a straight up assassin, yeah, faceless man assassin, <laughs> you know, servant of you know the One God. If their agenda is to infiltrate places of power the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch would be someone to host. And yeah, for sure. Or if, if Sansa ends up becoming like a major Queen of the North player, Queen of the North Queen of or the whatever. North. And yeah, and you know, Cersei hires a faceless assassin to try to take her out. Hmm. And it's Arya. I think John staying commander of the Night's Watch is pretty slim if he is back. You're saying he you're saying he won't be anymore or he will be? I don't think he will be. I think he, I think he's oh, released yeah. from his duty, right? Because he died after being killed, and I don't think he has. Do so they any... really want a reanimated yeah. corpse, <laughs> yeah, like no. leading them into battle against? And he's got no loyalty to them. Corpses, like... yeah. Maybe I don't know. I guess Ollie will be the new lord, the new commander. <laughs> he's grooming no, he's him. He's going to be dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what's we're. This is real speculation because we don't know. Davos is in Castle Black right now, holding John's longsword. That's the last we've seen of of Davos, you know. So this is just really Mid-swing. exciting because we can sort of say these things out loud, and and it's not the the theorizing of the unsullied that are just, you know, restricting themselves from reading the books because of a podcast. This is this is we we're not sure. 
George could be listening right now just laughing at my terrible theory. He's like, that's yeah. not how the face assassins work. <laughs> it's an idea. You know okay? nothing. <laughs> Can we bring up another major question that I've had about the trailer? Is who is burning at 23 seconds, if anybody's interested? We see somebody burning, and I didn't know who that is. I think there's been speculation about it being Stannis, mm-hmm. about it maybe being Roose Bolton. I don't know if you guys have had any thoughts about who who it could be, and, and that's been one of my big questions from this trailer. It's interesting because it looks like it's... It doesn't look like anybody. Yeah, I mean, it just looks like... <laughs> All men in the same flayed. Flayed and then burned body, but there's like an army behind. Mm-hmm. It's not just like a couple people standing around like, all right, we burnt this guy. It's like they're getting ready to fight. Yeah. Yeah. So someone and important. they're burning people. It matters. So there's, like, there's a battle tied to it in some way. You have that screenshot, Hannah, of um, Theon with men that have helms like the Bolton men's helms. Yeah. I don't want to think that that could be him. But it's po- if he hmm. is captured and they don't try to use him uh, for some some other kind of political gain or, or even like reintegrate him into his job, mm-hmm. um, that's possible. But it wouldn't yeah. be more just... likely Stannis. Yeah, I don't see them needing to kill Theon. Like, I don't see that being to anyone's advantage at this point. And in such a way to have, like, so many people there yeah. like, witnessing it. or I mean, we're meant to think that Bran cuts Stannis' head off, right? Yeah. I mean... Or the top of his head, it kind of looks like. Yeah, we didn't see yeah. it, but like I think Like he did that... to the guy at Blackwater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. So, my first thought was, like, oh, it can't be Stannis because we saw his head get chopped off. But... Maybe we didn't see. I mean, maybe we're not sure. Maybe Brienne didn't kill Stannis. Maybe she left him and he found his way into the hands of the Boltons. And it would be to hmm. their advantage to make a spectacle of his burning. So I don't know. I don't know. I think it's an interesting question. Azora High burned on a Bolton cross. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe. What if he was Azora High? And because I know a lot of our theories have been pointed toward John, especially after latter conversations in season five and phil i'm not sure where you stand on that but what if what if i mean i'm pretty sure it's daenerys but what if what if he were azora high and it's just that's where it ended right well that's that legend <laughs> gone the world's tough yeah stand it stand it do you guys think it's daenerys azora i mean born amidst salt and smoke etc well i saw a theory that it was three people at the same time hmm. so it was john Danny and Tyrion, I think. Mm-hmm. I forget the third one. They all had like, you know, the born amidst salt and smoke and all that other stuff. Elements of the prophecy fit each one of them. And so the theory was that, you know, since the dragon has three heads, this time Azora Ahai is going to actually be three people that are going to all be instrumental in driving like back the others. Damn. Or the White Walkers. Yeah. I thought that yeah, was pretty like good because, yeah, the debate is always like, is it Jon Snow or is it Danny or is it somebody else? And it's like, why not both? Why can't it be all of them? <laughs> well, and I, I like at yeah. this point that, A, we don't know and that they could be a lot of other people. And, B, yeah, why not? Yeah. Why not? It could be Tormund Giants fan for all we know. Yeah. <laughs> I did see someone say, though, that they think that Jon Snow is has smoke-ish coming off of him in the front in his <laughs> first that, couple yeah. scenes and so that's for sure like confirmed but I don't know <laughs> I don't know if that that's confirms funny. it I, I really felt for I know that we're kind of like going into some book stuff here but I feel like I don't get to talk to, Phil we haven't spoken since uh, well we haven't spoken on the phone since uh, I finished the last book so I'm just like going through the normal paces of conversation and I feel like Maystream and really put me uh, firmly, not that I already wasn't, but just when he, when he put his seal of approval and excitement for Daenerys Stormborn, I was just like, well, there it is. I really wish that would have been on the show, but maybe it was too early. Yeah. He was so excited to talk to her. Yeah, I know. I'm like getting us off track. I'm sorry, guys. No, no. I just want. <laughs> okay. I was just trying to find who the third one. It was actually Bran. So it was Danny, John, and Bran. I like Tyrion better <laughs> in that squad. I like Tyrion better too, but maybe they want it to be like three separate people. Because right now Tyrion and Danny are kind of aligned. I've been reading some interesting things about why Melisandre is upset and kind of what she could mean by saying that everything that she saw was, or I can't remember the exact wordings are, but how she misinterpreted all of her visions. She was wrong. 
Yeah, and so I've seen things about, you know, she interpreted them correctly, but the visions are wrong, or she thought that they were Stannis, and that she has come to this realization that Stannis isn't Azor High, and so that's why she's feeling the way that she's feeling, which I thought was interesting, um, that she's kind of, like, lost a little faith in herself. And then that kind of leads her to then have the ability to bring John back in whatever way she, she may or may not be able to do that. Which I thought was an interesting point because I think seeing her like that is something that's new for us. And I'm, I'm excited to figure out what's going on in her head. Yeah, seeing her like unsure of herself and unsure of everything she believes in. Like she's always been so convinced. Yeah, and so to see her not confident, it's a little and crying, and I'm truly yeah. upset. Yeah. Well, and, and it, it, it's interesting because the Monthoros uh, and Beric were such a, a big part of the third season. That setup, I felt like, was a seed that could that could come to fruition in different ways. Whether it's through Lady Catelyn or whether it's through and yeah, Phil, I know about Lady Stoneheart, right? Yeah, Whoa. <laughs> I still think they missed the boat on that one. They should they should have they should have done it. People are still holding on. They're like, she's going to Yeah, I know. Come There's still people out there like... <laughs> I'm holding on. I'm like, no. On. Come on. Nah. It's gone. I'm holding on. Let that one die. <laughs> no, no, the I'm dream is dead. <laughs> <laughs> the dream is as dead as Catelyn. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... It's over. The, Losing it's faith too... <laughs> and regaining it uh, could be could be powerful for a priestess. Mm-hmm. It would have been such a good ending to season three. Or season four, for that matter. Like yeah. They, Instead of yeah. Arya being on the ship, like she's sailing, and then it cuts to the yeah, the, yeah. It was still like, uh, yeah, like the ending, the end of Arya sailing away was I liked it. anticlimactic. Yeah, I mean, it, it was good because it, it was you like, didn't know. Bill, you liked it better than Misha. Yeah. Don't lie to me. <laughs> Just like we thought we'd see Gendry again. It would have been such an epic ending. Well, Zach can hold on to the belief and we can wallow in the fact that it didn't i'm holding on to it you can hold on to it for all of us <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i know there are some of you out there listening raising your fists in the air alongside like maybe not You can make a joke about how I think the Night King looks like Bran, but do you really? Yeah, I saw that. I saw. Did you read this? Uh, is was that, it your is tweet? That thing? Did you tweet it or something? I'm. I didn't tweet it. Somebody tweeted it. Yeah, that was like they look alike, like their noses are similar and yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. They have the same. It's jaw a cool line. theory, but I don't know if they thought that far ahead. Yeah, but I think it's hard to really tell what the Night King even looks like in this trailer i mean we can tell what he looks like but i feel like it's difficult i've also seen people thinking that he doesn't look like the nice king from hard home or that he's a this is a different right. time or something or other or different i think i think that there's a couple points to that that could be true like the fact that his eyes aren't glowing blue in the season six trailer but i just feel like we didn't see him long enough to really be able to make a comparison we got some pretty sharp close-ups of him and and hard home though. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how that kind of pans out because I think it was a rather bold decision for them to put white walkers in the trailer in that way, because I haven't seen it done before in five seasons where they would kind of, yeah. you know what I mean? That's a, that's a big thing. Yeah. Another brand theory that people are talking about is him with the Night's King and whether that's a vision or whether the Night's King is different or the same or kind of what that situation is. Whether the Night's King comes and hangs out <laughs> with the three eyed Raven <laughs> or whether or not he is, the three-eyed raven. The two-eyed raven. We're going to be speaking about Bran's first chapter, Beyond the Wall, on our next episode. But, Hannah, I know that when we talked about it after reading it for this week's episode before we decided to record with Phil, um, the nature of Bran moving forward is going to be something that's an interesting question. And clearly from the ping in this trailer, and I haven't seen a lot of it written online, but I think a lot of people have to be thinking it because maybe the casual fan just registers the shock on Bran's face is, oh my God, I'm standing next to this guy, but we don't know. And season six might do it for us. Uh, where Bran is sort of headed on the scale mm-hmm. of good and bad. Not that there actually is one, but I think that we may, his story may be a good mechanic to kind of teach us that there really is no good and bad. It's just, he's here and this is what he has to do. And this is the tools that are given to him. 
some people have said that the scene where there, we see hands over John's body, that maybe that's Bran, who's for some way, reason, or whatever, trying to bring John back, or I don't know, but people are saying that maybe those are Bran's hands instead of what other people are saying that could be Melisandre, so I don't know. It's I think that's far hand. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Like I said, anything's on the table, so <laughs> let's just say whatever we want. I mean, I'm excited to see Bran's whole storyline. It might be one one of the most hyped storylines for me this this season coming up. Just like all his visions, like finally going to have some like visions and prophecies and cool stuff to like theorize about and like you know, and then obviously like flashbacks and everything. So it's going to be so so fun to see that every week and and it's all going to be well mostly going to be like new stuff that mm-hmm. isn't in the books so like every episode that comes out if there's like a big like brand scene that shows like some flashback we've never seen before or some vision that we've never read about before it's going to be like what does that mean how significant is that you know not only in the show but like in the books it's going to yeah, be like the whole story you're going to be like theorizing for you know both things because you don't know if it's something that they invented or something that George told them about. Yeah, so that's really exciting. Really exciting. It's like new context for just the whole the whole story. Yeah, yeah that's really exciting. Yeah. I can't wait. And I know a lot of people are annoyed or whatever that the shows going to spoil the books, but I think it's going to be cool. I mean, I think, you know, when the books come out, you'll still read them and there'll still be great. It'll be different enough and there'll be like way more details. So yeah, it's not like you're going to feel like you're, you know, re- reading something that you already know, it's going to still feel pretty fresh. I think when you read the books, but now you're going to mm-hmm. have like all this kind of like teases about what may be coming in the books and it's just going to make the, yeah, we're only going to get, we're only going to get more the hype for the books, even more yeah. exciting because we're only going to get more context and more detail and more, more, mm-hmm. more, more in the books. So or it I may definitely not have be anything converted. at all. Yeah. So you don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Like you can't even like you can't even say for sure that it's spoiled the book for you because yeah. the book could be totally different. Well, this is the hand that we've been dealt though. So this is what will happen. Winds of Winter will not release so before play with season it. six. Yeah, let's just have fun with it. I think that I think it will be fun. Look at this trailer. This trailer's already showing us stuff that will maybe happen in the books and the world hasn't exploded yet. And if maybe. I can be any indicator oh, well, it hasn't of been. um enjoyment <laughs> after the fact um, I loved reading the books. I know that it's kind of an, a, a strange situation because I did it on the podcast with all of you listening, but none of the moments were less to me. If anything, I like, for example, went into the red wedding with a real, real appreciation of Arya approaching the door and the volume and the style of the music and, um, just for all that, that took place and for what followed. I just, just as, just that as, a, as one example there, and there's plenty, I don't know. I could go on. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of fun stuff ahead, which I say every single day, but I just am excited all the time. Brandon Stark will join the podcast next week. It'll be in book form, but a lot of you prefer that. So be sure to write in and tell us how you feel about the rest of what we've been speaking about regarding the trailer. And also, you should send us your owns for Brandon Stark and his sister, Aria, going to Bravos. Mm-hmm. It's no big deal. Also wanted to thank Phil for being on with us this week. Yeah, it's no problem. Really it, was fun. Lot, it was a lot of fun. It's been good having you back, man. It feels good to be back. And it's a good time, it's right? Like, You'll be riding on yeah. watchers and you sort of took a break with season five and look. Yeah, it was a nice break, you know, a couple, you know, couple years and at least one season of completely being in the dark, but now kind of coming back a little bit and. Like I said, sucked not, back in. I got sucked back in. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like going as gung ho as I was in the past, but definitely being more plugged into the community again and being able to write on uh, WatchersOnTheWall.com again and all that stuff is cool. Interacting with people on Twitter and the whole nine. It's nice. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm so bad. I'm so bad. Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah. Uh, follow Game of Owns on Twitter. Follow. Watchers on the wall, follow me. <laughs> this has just been Zach. not a normal episode. We've just been talking, you know, mm-hmm. like the three of us. We forgot we were recording yeah. halfway through. <laughs> Phil is Benjamin Stark, and he's returned. I have returned. Finally. Hannah and I recorded a Squad of Ice and Fire episode 
if you subscribe to that on Patreon, what do we talk about? Music, lots music, of music, our feelings, just in general. <laughs> just in general, we just had a nice little therapy session. No, Phil not at was all. sorting out his internet connection leading into it. Uh, it's just been a lot of fun. So yeah, like I said, other stuff is happening next week. Dragons are landing in cities. You can't make this stuff up. Season six is approaching quickly, really quickly. If you're following in with the HBO's hashtag GOT50, I think they're on like what episode three right now of season two. So start watching yeah. the program. If you're not yeah. following along with the rewatch, I highly, highly recommend. Yeah. And if you don't have time to even watch the whole episode, at least hit up Watchers on the Wall and read the memory lane memory lane stuff because mm-hmm. they're pretty cool. It helps give you a refresher course, like. You don't need, you know, each episode kind of remind you of the important things that happen there and, like, the kind of reactions to the episode as they air and things like that. It's cool. Before we leave, uh, Phil, could you just say winter is coming for everyone? Because I think it'd be just the only way to close this episode of the podcast. Okay. Okay. Ready? Ready? Ready. We're ready. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm so ready. (laughs) (laughs) Say it like Johnson. (laughs) No pressure. No pressure. Winter's coming. (laughs) Was that good? That was great. Winter's coming. John Snow. I have Winter's coming. It's so perfect. I'll do uh, Davos. He'll be like, the one true king has, you know, no, that's a terrible way to start it. <laughs> I, who does a Davos impression? That's the worst thing I could have said. No I one. Don't, I don't know. Like, there's like Joffrey, there's plenty of other characters you could pick Tyrion. He'd be like, well, my needs, you know, like, but no. We're <laughs> so excited about Davos, right? so I don't Have you guys you. heard my Davos impression? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, way to, way to take all the air out of a, out of a room. Hey, guys.